you can't get too bogged down in those small negative things because if you look at the overall picture and you're progressing you know th there may be eight or nine other measurable things that I've improved on in those last six month periods and this one thing maybe maybe that day I didn't sleep well the night before you know and and uh, maybe you know maybe it's back squat and my whole posterior chain is wrecked from doing some other workout two days before that you know and so it, it, you just have to kind of expect that and and know that some days are going to be um, you're not always going to be ideal right and and so some days it's just as important to get there get to the gym and get through the training and put in a you know whatever your best effort is for that day um, and not always expect you know yeah. 100% returns thanks for tuning in to the building better people podcast this is your host Charlie Lima today I have Travis James on the podcast and he shares his fitness journey. Enjoy. My name is Travis James. I'm 34 years old. I'll be 35 in April. Um, I am married to an amazing wife, Courtney, and we have two kids. Uh, my son, Elliot, is about to be five and our daughter, Bellamy, is two and a half. I'm a civil engineer and a project manager for a small Houston-based civil engineering and structural engineering firm. Uh, recently, located back here in College Station um, uh, to open an office here from that company. Well, thanks for jumping on the podcast today. And um, you, so th I didn't realize this is your first year to be in the Open Masters division. That's correct. Is that pretty exciting? Yeah. 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 I'm aging up into the uh, the first Masters division this year. So. I bet you probably, I mean, it is, and we'll talk about this, but as much as you're working out and committed to, you know, just the sport of CrossFit, man, I bet that's a pretty exciting transition. Yes, yes, it is. Um, still very competitive at that age bracket, absolutely, and, and even, you know, those beyond the, the 35 to 39-year-old Masters division, there's some ser serious athletes all the way up to 45, 50 years old, um, but uh, for me, it, it opens up some more opportunity uh, to try to have some goals that may be more attainable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What? Um, how long have you been doing CrossFit. I started CrossFit uh, 2014. About uh, it'd be about five years ago in April. And were you really fit before CrossFit? I was in pretty good shape when I came into CrossFit, so I was able to transition to a lot of the movements, and um, uh, I was able to pick up things pretty quickly. And where you guys, you said you moved back, so I remember when y'all moved back to town. But y'all lived here for for. Did you grow up here? I did. So. I was born here. Um, my dad worked for Texas A&M for 37 years. He retired last year, or 2017, I guess. Yeah. Now we're in 2019. Um, and and uh, I grew up here and lived here until about seven years ago and moved to Houston, lived there for about seven years, and then moved back here in April last year. Man, so you've seen it completely change. Yep. Is <laughs> Courtney from here too? She moved here fairly young, uh, middle school. Okay. Yeah. So y'all known each other for a long time. We knew each other a little bit in high school, but um, she was a year younger than me, and we didn't really hang out or date or anything like that in high school. We reconnected many years later. That's awesome, yeah. man. So, give me a background. You said you were in really good shape when you started CrossFit. So, like, where did that start? Was that like a junior high, high school, elementary? Have you been athletic your whole life? So, um, yeah. I mean, I've always thought of myself as an athlete uh, in. Um, I guess as a kid, I played sports, and then in high school, I played soccer and football, and I ran track. Um, so I was 
pretty athletic then, um, but I kind of let that all uh, that potential go uh, by the wayside, I guess, in high school, and I kind of stopped doing sports and started working, but mostly started partying and enjoying college life a couple years before college started, and, and I that continued on for for many years. So I, I wasn't really an, into sports or into fitness or doing anything fitness related for. I'd say about seven, maybe eight years from late high school uh, all the way through college. And then what, when did you kind of flip the switch? So I have these calendars here. Yeah, That's why I brought these in here. That's awesome, man. So this is the beginning of my fitness journey. Um, wow. So I found these the other day. We recently moved, and I was kind of looking for, I don't know, Christmas decorations or something in our, in our storage closet, and I found these. Uh, so this is a 2009 calendar. And so I started here in the beginning of 2009. It's kind of like a New Year's resolution for myself with a goal of I had a, a wedding in late, mid-February. And so I had written on here like a goal weight and a starting weight and like everything I did and my weigh-ins for four years here of calendars. Wow. Yeah. So you wrote down everything that you did workout-wise in that? Yeah. I mean, little things, you know, just really quick looking at one. So the first day, January 8th, 2009. I ran the block, which was, I was living at my parents' house still after college or, or yeah, right after I finished college. And um, actually, this is my last semester in college. And it was about a 1.1 mile, just a little over a mile. So I started out, what I could, whatever I could do, I ran around about a mile and I weighed myself. I weighed 187 back then. So that was kind of my starting weight of my fitness journey. Man, I love that, dude. So are you, is that... Had you been in the habit of writing goals down or what? Not really. What led you to I, do that? I don't know. I think I just, I, I kind of had that uh, that event, that wedding that I, I was like, oh, I want to go to this. Not like I hadn't gone to weddings in the last few years. It was just uh, something that I finally had this uh, switch in my mind that said, you know, I'm, I didn't like what I looked like in the mirror anymore. I didn't feel like an athlete. I said, I need to kind of make a change and start turning my life around and make some better decisions. And so I really wasn't in the habit of doing anything like that. I just, I don't know, I just kind of started and where did, where was that? Nine years later, where was this? It was just in my bedroom, you know, hanging up on the wall. Um, I had a little desk there and it was just right in front of that. Have you continued to kind of do similar things to that? Yeah. Yeah. There's there's like four calendars. Four four years here of that. And then I kind of, I stopped towards the uh, the latter part of this, like the, the fourth year. I guess that was 2012. So all uh, these calendars have things like that, like ran X mm-hmm. or worked out or what other kinds of things do you write down in these? Uh, you're welcome to look at them. Yeah. Um, I think, so the first year was really interesting. I mean, I would just do whatever I felt like I could do. I would run a you know, a mile. And, and then I would keep running that same route and try to improve my time until I felt that like that was easy. And then I would, uh, days I felt better, I'd run a longer route, maybe two miles or mile and a half. And then eventually I would, uh, over the years, I would build up to where I was running 10 Ks, you know, a few times a week. Um, so my, my start of my journey was about 187 pounds. I lost about 20 pounds the first year and I ended up getting down to about 151. So I lost almost 40 pounds in the course of four years with really little, very little focus on nutrition in all that time. It was, um, I just kind of started running and doing those kind of things. I did some workout videos, um, like some, some, uh, insanity. I think it was one that I did. Somebody gave me a copy of that. Um, I tried that out for a few weeks. 
So I see here it says things like 55-minute boot camp class. Yeah. That, started caveman diet. Yeah. Like, I started doing like the paleo diet. So I started towards the end of that. Is that 2000, 2012? 12, 12. Yeah, so that's the last one. I started – that's when I really started reading more towards 2011 and 2012. I started reading more about nutrition, getting more interested in, uh, ex- I guess, beating up my results, you know, and, and the overall package of health and wellness versus just – adding an exercise, which is what I did at the beginning of that. And the boot camp was, uh, at that point, I was a member at the YMCA uh, where we lived in Cyprus, and I would go to boot camp classes, or I would still run from time to time and do various different things. So what do you, after doing this, like, what, do you have a like an opinion about writing goals down or, or writing these types of things down? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, really, I really think it's important to write down your goals and kind of keep them in front of you so that you can stay motivated and stay on track. Um, there were certainly times in there where I had written out, you know, maybe my goal weight for the next three month period or whatever. And maybe I didn't achieve that, but, um, you know, I think keeping it in front of you and, and seeing the progress that's made, it's not always fast, but if you're making progress, then that can kind of keep you motivated to stay on track. Um, and there's some accountability, right? Because like, mm-hmm. let's just say here is December, I see that you wrote on this thing probably 80% of the days. Mm-hmm. So if it's, let's just say like here, you worked out Christmas Eve and you look at the calendar, it's got a bunch of stuff written on it. You're like, okay, I, I got to do it something else, you know, mm-hmm. because you want to keep filling in the calendar. Right. So it's kind of like, obviously you're getting the feeling of accomplishment whenever you do the workout, but there's probably another feeling of accomplishment when you actually get to write on the calendar. Right, absolutely. You know, yeah, absolutely. And 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 just as rewarding as achieving a weight loss goal is, you know, running a new best time in a route that I run consistently or something like that. Um, I'm not a much of a runner anymore, but <laughs> that was kind of what I was into at that point in time. And a little more to expand on my, I guess, my personal fitness journey. Um, I guess. Uh, you know, I considered myself mostly a runner and, and then somewhere in the late, the latter part of those four years there, 2011, 2012, um, I started, you know, I became a member at the YMCA, like I mentioned. So I started doing some, uh, weightlifting, you know, bodybuilding style, uh, not the sport of weightlifting, but lifting weights, like a bodybuilding style, uh, routines and things like that. Um, so I kind of got excited about that because I, I guess what happened was I, I felt like I had in my mind, when I was a high school athlete, I weighed 145 pounds when I graduated or around 17 years old, something like that. And so I had in my mind when I started this journey, that was the goal weight. Mm. <laughs> but as I was now a 25, 26, 27 year old man, and I got down to 151, I realized I was really thin and like my jawbones showed and I just, I looked unhealthy in my opinion. So I got kind of too skinny. Yeah. It took a lot of, many years, it took four years or five years to get there, but uh, at that point, I was like, maybe I need to start putting on some some muscle and, and look at some other things versus just doing a lot of running. So that's when I started experimenting with that and doing more high intensity interval training classes, boot camp classes, as well as just doing some bodybuilding style li- lifting. Um, and then I always wanted to try CrossFit. Um, not not always wanted to, but for many years I had wanted to. Uh, when my son was born, um, I kind of needed to change things up. I found it really hard with the schedule with the new baby to get to the gym how I was doing before. And so I was like, maybe I can go find a gym that's close to my work and go on my lunch break. And so I found a gym that had a shower in the Houston area, really close to my office. 
and I was able to work that out with my lunch break, and that's when I started going. They had a noon class, so it worked out really well. I just go over there and work out, take a shower, and go back to work. Um, still pretty sweaty some days in the summertime, but um, you when know, you said you had okay. always wanted to try it out, is that is that because <laughs> you were you were kind of was it just not working with your schedule? What, what were you kind of intimidated? I, there was there was never really an intimidation. I don't think it's hard to really remember what my mindset was then. I, I guess. So I knew about CrossFit um, probably from about 2010, I'd say, somewhere around there, just because I had friends growing up here. I had a few friends here that, you know, were big into CrossFit and kind of bring it, bringing it up in the College Station Bryan area. And so I, I grew up with those guys, and I had three older brothers, and some of them were friends with, with those two individuals. And, and so knowing people here that were kind of pioneering CrossFit back mm-hmm. then, personally, I heard about it a lot, and uh, I just never really uh, took the time to get involved in a, uh, a, a gym, a CrossFit gym, and sign up. Maybe it, it might have been financial for some of those years. You know, I was still in college trying to find a career and, you know, maybe just couldn't afford the membership or something like that back then. I don't, I don't really remember, but, um, you know, plus I was just really into running. I, I, yeah. thought, I thought, like, for a while I thought, well, 10Ks are easy. I guess I need to start training for a half marathon. I need to figure out how to do that. And I could run a 10K in about 44, 45 minutes back then. I can't do that now. Yeah. And so it was. So you just, were in great shape when you started CrossFit. Yeah. I, yeah. I would, I would run, you know, low 20 minute 5Ks wow. often. What and, was and that so, first CrossFit workout like? I don't even remember what yeah. it was, but I, it, it never really was. It was hard, you know, and, and, and certainly I didn't come into it being able to do all the technical movements, but I was able to pick them up pretty quickly and, and, the running based or aerobic based workouts weren't as hard for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, I kind of was like, okay, I think I need to start training for a half marathons or marathons if I'm going to be a runner. But that's when I found CrossFit and I kind of dropped that mm-hmm. and became, you know, really involved in CrossFit and, and kind of fell in love with it right from the beginning. Yeah. So give me kind of a little bit of insight into that first few months of CrossFit. Like, what did you love about it? Um, I just, I really love the class. Really, the class setting for me, I loved, which we'll probably get into more. What I do now, I don't really do the classes, and I don't really, you know, I, I do them on occasion, but but usually I'm training on my own as an individual. But um, I really enjoyed that, and it kind of reminded me of what I loved about sports in high school. The, the team sports that I played, even running track, you still had friends that you were training with. Uh, I was on the relays and things like that. So, you know, you had a little camaraderie there. And then, uh, of course, in soccer or football, you have that camaraderie in the locker room and that sort of thing. So I kind of felt that same connection and enjoyment out of CrossFit doing the group classes. That was one thing that I really loved. I love the fact that you can get a really great workout, both, you know, metabolic conditioning and strength training in an hour class setting. So mm-hmm. I think it's just a great program. And I fell in love with the results I was getting. And um, even though I was already in great shape, I could tell that it was going to be something that was going to keep progressing my fitness. And so by the time you came here, you were kind of already doing your own thing, right? Because Mm -hmm. so at what point did you transition from what you're describing as like, man, I love the classes to now what you're doing, which is kind of an open gym, like following your own programming? Right. Um, I think I did the classes uh, for about three years, uh, three and a half years almost. And then... Um, I guess, you know, I really, I really enjoy the competitive 
aspect of CrossFit and being an athlete and wanting to be a competitor and continue doing that where I'm at now in my fitness. Um, I, I found the desire to try to be more of a competitive CrossFit athlete versus just focusing on the, the GPP side of CrossFit. And so, you know, Chris Rea, one of the coaches here, basically I, I've known Chris for many years or not many years, but four or five years. And so I, I kind of, I knew what he was doing and I saw what he was doing and had qualified as, as the, for the masters age division qualifier in the, the CrossFit open for the last few years. And, um, so last, uh, or not last, I guess 2017, somewhere in the summer there, uh, a little bit after the open, I, I kind of decided, um, I had done the open three times, 2015, 16 and 17, and I had not progressed very much. Uh, I, you know, 2400th in the region, 2200th in the region, 2100th in the region. Right. Um, and, and I, I wanted to see where I could take this. And so, you know, I said, I want to see how well I can do and, what do I need to do? Who do I know that's doing competitive CrossFit? That's kind of leading you know the way of what I want to do coming up into the Masters Division this year, um, and that's Chris. And so I got with him and kind of really talked to him, picked his brain about what he's doing, what he thought it would take, and he gave me a good good explanation and understanding of the commitment financially and time commitment that that it takes to follow the training program that I'm doing. And so that, that's when I started uh, working with uh, this separate programming with Compete Elite. Um, and I started working with them about July of uh, 2017. So I saw a huge jump in my open score from 2100th in 2017 to 1084th in uh, wow. 2018. So the next 1,000 people is a lot, yeah. <laughs> a lot more competitive. But uh, the progress that was made just in adding, you know, the seven or eight months of specific training directed towards competitive CrossFit, you know, being able to increasing the capacity and highly technical movements that you see, handstand push-ups, you know, gymnastics things. Yeah, so give, give a little insight because I love hearing this and I love how you're unpacking the, the journey, right? Like you, you went through what I would call like uh, a prerequisite of really awesome fitness right 10ks in the 40 minute range in the 40s 5ks in the low 20s boot camps at the ymca like you did that for a good period of time you lost 40 pounds you know and started eating healthy and that was all in a five six year period right yeah and then you transitioned into crossfit as an already fit person and did this for about three years and then you transition into what we would call more of a competitive recreational athlete, right? Right. Um, and a lot of times people, they start CrossFit and they just want to go right to being the competitive recreational athlete, you know? And give us a little bit of insight into what the time commitment looks like. You know, um, mentally, what that takes on your body, right? Or on your head. Um, physically, what it takes on your body. Um and, and help people understand just by sharing your experience. Okay. Um, I think, yeah, definitely having a good base, uh, a good foundation of being able to do the majority of open, the open level, CrossFit open level workouts prescribed, right? I, I could do them prescribed, but needed to be able to do increased capacity and efficiency of movement and things like that. Um, 
so so you you know you can get really really fit doing just doing general class programming but there's only so much that uh, can be squeezed into an hour and CrossFit is you know constantly varied functional movement performed at high intensity there are so many things right uh, that you need to be able to do um, and do well to be competitive and so and I'll clarify here because listeners may not know this but you probably do but CrossFit was never intended to be a competitive sport right you know CrossFit was intended to be uh, general physical preparedness in other words it would be a so but because you know you have a bunch of people doing crossfit that are timing their fran and their fight right. gone bad scores it just turned into a competitive sport with the first crossfit games and so um, but when greg glassman first set out and wrote crossfit programming it was never intended to be the sport of fitness right even though it has turned into but right. kind of i preface that because sometimes people can right i think to, i think 99 maybe more than 99% of the people that do CrossFit really are using CrossFit as the intended way or should be. And that's the prescription for good health, Just right? Be healthy, yeah. right? Eat healthy and move your body. And, and it's a great program for that. Um, and then, like you said, there's the, the small percentage because of the competitive nature of things being timed. That's attractive to me as, yeah, as an yeah. athlete um, and kind of still wanting to be competitive from those roots, you know, always feeling like always being an athlete and growing up. Um, so from a time standpoint, you know, it just takes extra time to be able to do all the things that you need to do to sharpen your skills, uh, and, you know, build strength and things like that all within a given amount of time. You know, if you have a goal to qualify like for me, you know, I'm entering in the master's age, uh, 35 to 39 at master's division this year right so that's why i started working with this programming uh about a year and a half prior to this right so that i could have a pretty good chunk of time before that first year that's really kind of my test to see you know where i'm at and i know that a year and a half from where i was is not a lot of time to get there so you you've got to spend a lot of time day to day to build capacity and build strength and, and improve skills and all that. And so from a time commitment standpoint, for me, mostly it's about two hours training sessions, five days a week. Um, and, and I try to do something light on one of the other like rest days, like an active recovery day, I try to go for a jog and do some mobility work and things like that. Um, but that's, that's pretty minimal. Like I, there are some people that do two a days. Um, and, and so from a time commitment standpoint, it, you just you it takes that much time to be able to do a, a metcon like a, like an actual workout and maybe a lift and maybe some technical skill work some gymnastics work or working on your handstand walks or um you know whatever that might look like for that day so that just takes two hours instead of an hour class setting and what right? about um physically how how is that how's your body responding to it um you definitely have to put all the pieces together to get the most out of it. Um, I feel, I feel great. Um, I don't, I rarely feel sore, uncomfortable soreness. Uh -huh. There are yeah. a few days when there's a, a different movement that we don't do often, but the same thing is true in class settings. You know, if you get Bulgarian split squats program, people don't do those often. They're going to have a hard time walking down the stairs the next few days. And that happens to me too. But generally, um, everything's pretty well balanced and I feel pretty good overall day to day. Um, but I try to make sure that I stay hydrated and, uh, eat 
as good as I can. You know, uh, I'm more like people always talk about, you know, maintaining a lifestyle, maybe 80-20 rule, eating clean 80% of the time, maybe, you know, uh, enjoying things a little bit in that other 20%. Uh, I try to stay more like 90-10 just because I have that goal that's a little bit, um, uh, that standard I'm putting on myself to try to be a little bit more strict with my diet so that I can recover better and feel my body the best way that I can. Another piece of that is the the recovery. You know, I spend 15, 20 minutes on, I, I try to, sometimes mm-hmm. I'm cramped for time. I try to spend 15, and it's programmed for me to spend 15 minutes doing some sort of mobility work after each training session. So that's on top of all the other pieces of the training. What, what about mentally? You know, like it just, it, there's a volume, right, that is that's introduced when you start doing more yeah. that can, I mean, there's a, obviously, like you said, physically, um, time wise, but what does that do for you mentally? Like you, and just the challenge of not to interrupt because I want you to hear what you're going to say, but also the, the mental challenge of just like, you're, you're always wanting to get better, you know, and sometimes you don't, you know? And so, um, what is that? What kind of mental toll does it take on you? Some, sometimes it's hard. I mean, there, there are some days that are, uh, like you said, you always want to get better, but um, when you test a benchmark or you, you know a, a lift, you, you you don't often go for a one rep max in something and, and try to test that uh, test that benchmark of a lift that you can compare to the one you did three months ago, six months ago, two years ago. But when you do and you come up short from what you did six months ago, it it definitely takes a toll mentally and and it's hard. But um, I think that you can't get too bogged down in those small negative things. Cause if you look at the overall picture and you're progressing, you know, th- there may be eight or nine other measurable things that I've improved on in those last six month period of time. And this one thing, maybe, maybe that day I didn't sleep well the night before, you know, and, and, uh, maybe, you know, maybe it's back squat and my whole posterior chain is wrecked from doing some other workout two days before that, you know? And so, it, it, you just have to kind of expect that and and know that some days are going to be um, you're not always going to be ideal, right? And and so some days it's just as important to get there, get to the gym, and get through the training and put in a you know whatever your best effort is for that day, um, and not always expect you know yeah hundred percent returns. And you know I I, I want to ask about this because I know. From from what I've seen, like Courtney is incredibly supportive of you, just in a lot of ways, right? But I'm sure in in your workouts, she's very supportive. Um, how has that kind of impacted you in this journey? Um, yes, it definitely takes uh, a supportive spouse. If you're married with kids, if you're single, it might be a little easier to do something like this on your own, but. Um, that was one thing Chris told me before. He's like, man, there's a lot of plates spinning and, and, uh, you know, you got your job, you got your family life, you got your training, you know, there's, there's just a lot. And so you need to have her on board when you sign up for this. Right. And so she's been very, very supportive. Um, you know, I kind of have my Saturday morning to get my training done. We usually are work that out and the rest of the weekend. I kind of commit to the family as much as I can. And, um, depending on what we're doing, but she's supportive. Uh, she certainly doesn't like me coming home every day talking about my workouts, but she <laughs> says I do it every day, but I re- I really don't. Um, I, I certainly try not to, uh, but she, she's definitely a, a big supporter for me and that helps. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I know that especially, um, and I like how Chris, you know, because he's really good about communicating that too, but just how he says, he's like, man, I mean, CrossFit is my hobby. You know, he's like, I don't fish, I don't hunt, I just, but he works out, you know, but um, it's so cool. He's kind of served as like a mentor in a lot of ways. And, And what an awesome mentor, because like you said, he's, not only is he just, Chris, like, let's be honest, the guy's just a, a walking specimen of fitness, but he's done it. You know, he's made it to a qualifier yeah. several years in a row now. So, you know, we're in January, so we're approaching the open. Mm-hmm. Um, big deal for you, right? Mm-hmm. Because this is your first one into the Masters. What do you do you have? I mean, you, you wrote down all your workouts. You talk about writing down goals. Do you have a goal in your head do you have something that you really really hope to happen or want to happen this open excuse me um i mean ideally i'd love to finish in the top 200 in the world in my age division um so actually i wrote that in the 2019 goals here in the gym but um i think it's smart goals right so i think i mistaken the uh i mistake the the A for it's supposed to be attainable, but I think I'm a little aggressive with my goal. Uh, you know, realistically, I don't know that that's a reality for me this year. Um, I, I, I'm a, so I mentioned I'm an engineer. Uh, I'm a spreadsheet nerd, to be honest. Uh, I have a spreadsheet, and I actually looked at what my score would have been in the world last year in the Masters Division had I been in that. So I kind of looked at. That and I, I would have finished like two thousandth and a little over two thousandth in the world. So I gotta jump up nineteen hundred and eight or eighteen hundred eighteen hundred spots, right? It's the top two hundred in the world go on to the um the age division qualifier they call it. Uh so that's a pretty big jump and and, and there's you know, those two thousand athletes are all good athletes, right? So um I think I've improved a lot. I think uh I think I'll see improvement. Ideally, I'd like to see, you know, somewhere in the, definitely in the top 1,000 in the world, finishing 2,000 last year. Uh, if I finished in the top 500, I'd be, you know, on top of the world. I, I'd feel like I, like what I'm doing is definitely worth it. One more year, I think I'd have a really good shot if I finished that high, you know? Yeah. What, um, do you have any kind of like uh, thoughts about the open switching to the new format, right? With the the fall, we'll have two opens have, this year. I have two opportunities yeah. to, to, <laughs> to make that goal happen. Really close opportunities. Uh, yeah. Because um, you've been in it for a while, so you yeah. probably had, you know, you knew the information. Did it? Do you yeah. have any opinions or thoughts on it? I mean, I, I don't really know too much about it. Honestly, I don't know that it really affects me because I'm certainly not close to that where the individual category, you know, the non-masters, non-teen division, which is the bulk of the athletes in the world that are competing to go to the games, ultimately, um, I'm not close to that, and that's not my desire. I don't, you know, I, I think I can realistically try to get into that age qualifier and just just screech in at the top 200, but, um, and from there, it's like the top 10 after the qualifier, you know, so um, I, 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 I don't know that it ever really affects me. I think, you know, for me, my training's the same. I don't think they're going to – I don't think they have changed or – and I'm not sure if they will change the way they do the Masters because it's pretty easy to do those qualifiers. You just do them in your gym and record the video. Um, you don't have to go to a regional event. I think that was the big reason for the change, those regional events. So, um, for me, it's just two Opens next year. 
Yeah. So, so what is one of your biggest driving factors to working as hard as you do? Because you work incredibly hard. I see in here every day. And that, I think that stems from before CrossFit because just looking at your calendars that you brought in, which are awesome. I, I think it's so cool that you still have those. I mean, there, there's something there, right? Like now it's just CrossFit, but it's probably been inside of you for way longer. So it's just kind of a part of who you are. What, where does that drive come from? Yeah, I think I've always been, I I do, whatever I do, I do it kind of big. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, so before CrossFit, I definitely partied way too hard. I did, I did that really big, right? And uh, I mean... Courtney was, we were talking about me coming on here and she's like, Oh, you got to tell the story, you know, or, or kind of like your general typical day. So I, I would, you know, on days I didn't go out to Northgate, like, so I, okay, let me just describe this. I managed a restaurant here, um, at Schlossky's, uh, 2018. I was there for seven years from high school when I kind of stopped doing sports and started working. I got a job there. And I worked there through college, pretty much. Um, and so I was a night manager, and I was there six days a week. So I was eating that food, right? And as a, as a my position, I was able to get food comped. So I was eating kind of like a full meal and then some, some cookies or some cheesecake or whatever, drinking sodas all day or all shift at work. And then I, you know, we closed at 10, um, and I'd sometimes get off at 10 or 11, and I'd either go home and shower and then go meet up with friends at Northgate and, you know, party. and Or I'd just go to McDonald's and get another, <laughs> you know, it was when McDonald's and Blockbuster were in the same building over here. I remember and, and I would go and get some, you know, whatever McDonald's with a strawberry milkshake or a chocolate milkshake and go rent a movie or buy a movie from Blockbuster and go home and watch it, you know, at midnight eating another 1500 calories or whatever. Right. So that's what led me to, um, to be substantially overweight. And I started about the same weight as I weigh now pretty close, but it's a completely different body composition. So I guess I I did that with that same kind of intense passion and desire to just do that and do it really hard and really well. So I've always kind of had that inherent, uh, thing within me of, you know, I kind of, I kind of commit to whatever I'm doing and, and I kind of really focus on that's what I'm doing right now. It's uh, very impressive just to see you so committed. And I mean, I see you here every day and you do your workouts and you, you know what I mean? I think sometimes we don't, um, realize how much work that like, you know, again, not, we've talked about Chris a little bit, but like what Chris does, mm-hmm. man, I mean, essentially, you're doing the same thing. You've got your program, and you're following, mm-hmm. and you're here every day. It just takes an incredibly high. I mean, to do it through the days you don't want to, to do it through the days that you don't you do well, you know. But just to continue to do it, so I think it's great. Um, last question I ask everybody on the podcast is, you know, in your journey, obviously, you started working out, you you start feeling better, um, eating better, all of the above. So. You know, I had a very similar experience a um, long time ago, and I believe to a conviction that when people start exercising and eating healthy, they become a better version of themselves. And so um, here we kind of call it building better people. That's kind of what we're doing is we're encouraging people to just start exercising, 
eat better, become healthier, and in that, they are starting to become better versions of themselves. So how is that true for you? How did you become a better version of you throughout this journey and today? Okay. Um, Yeah. Uh, I like the the slogan, the building better people, right? Um, For me, it's definitely been a positive goal um, for me to always focus on. Um, I know that it's setting a good example for my kids and the people around me to live a healthy lifestyle. You know, I want them to, to live a healthy lifestyle. Um, I think, you know, I, I know hundred percent that I wasn't living the right way in my late teens up to mid twenties before I kind of started my fitness journey in 2009. And I made that switch in my mind and committed to, you know, I'm not, I'm not the person I should be. I need to become a better version of myself. And so I began that internal process of becoming a better person uh, in those years. And so I've just kind of kept that as a big part of my focus day in and day out um, for many years. And I hope it continues to be so I can continue becoming better. I, I just think overall exercise, living healthy um, is going to allow you to perform better in all areas of your life if you have those kind of physical goals and things you're working towards in the gym and improving your physical fitness I think it overall helps you become you know not just physically better but truly a better person so for me that's definitely been true I think that's true for anyone thank you for tuning in today don't forget to subscribe to the building better people podcast where you will hear more stories of individuals being positively impacted by living a healthy lifestyle.